Music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and welcome to the show. This week, we bring on Juno Award-winning rapper Classified talking about his latest album, what artist he sings along to when he's driving in the car, and why he is really into doing push-ups these days. We also delve into his socially conscious song, Powerless, and why he felt compelled to write and record it. Sharon Highland, our music editor, pops in to chat about Billboard's Women in Music event. We have new music from Alessia Cara, the 1975, and 480 East with CeCe Peniston. And we wrap things up with Montreal-based photographer Christina Esteban talking about her portrait campaign called Her Story. But first, let's lock into our chat with Classified when he recently came to Montreal on tour. The Kelly Alexander Show. I fangirl over this guy. <laughs> Classified, stop it, stop classified, it, stop it. Hanging out with us on the Kelly Alexander Show. I think this is your third visit to my show. I say, it's been a few. It's been a few. I'm always so happy when you make time for me, so thank you. No problem. I want to talk about the new album. When you released it, like, do you do you feel this is your best album? Or is that hard to say because they're all I, your babies? I feel like that every album. Okay. I feel like that, like, with a song, like, I don't finish it unless I kind of feel like, okay, this is, I'm stepping it up here. Mm-hmm. But definitely with this album, and definitely from input from friends people who have been around me and my music for years that kind of like you know over the years kind of like yeah you're doing it you know they don't really get excited as much anymore Mm -hmm. which I get is like we've been doing this for so long but those people kind of came up with the word work like oh this new album is your best one in a long time so Mm -hmm. that makes me feel good how long did it take you to write it like was it a period of time where you did it it was a long time no it it was because I haven't toured last tour was almost three years ago so for like the last year and a half almost two years I kind of stopped doing shows I was like you know what I mean let me just get back to my normal life mm-hmm. and that's what helps me write like that's why I think I can write relatable music to normal people because I try to have a very normal life mm-hmm. hang with my kids hang with my friends and just stop doing shows and kind of just said let me just stay home work on my music and, and get back to real life and I think that's really what kind of got me in touch with like these personal songs and mm-hmm. really you know made me step up this album so yeah when you are writing, do you always write like in your studio or do you like go for a bike ride and come up with plans? Like Sometimes I go for bike rides, but it never works. Okay. <laughs> I always feel like I'm being deep and I'm like, yeah, let me just go ride in the woods and put on my headphones and write some beautiful poetry, but yeah, it never works. So yeah, my best stuff is usually, I'll, I'll get ideas, Yeah. you know, at the grocery store, a line idea, throw up my phone. But yeah, I usually go back to the studio, kind of get comfortable Okay. and got to go from there. Where did you write Inner Ninja? Was it in the studio too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was me and David Miles just messing around in the studio and we actually worked on another song called So Blind for his album yep. that was on radio and mm-hmm. did all that and he was leaving. He's like, oh, I got this other thing and, darn, 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 and he sang like the first line. And I was like, what the hell is that? You, we've been here all day and you didn't break that out all day. So I just recorded him like literally 10 seconds. I was just like, let me just record this before you leave. Yeah. I kept that. He went home and then I started kind of just messing around with that and, and then I was like, man, this is real. So we came back and we re-recorded it and stuff, but it was totally on a whim. Do you still love performing that song? Is it cool? Oh yeah. It's okay. always fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that guy that like, you know, oh, my big song, I'm not doing that. It's like... <laughs> I worked hard on that song. You know what I mean? People appreciate it. It's the biggest Canadian hip-hop song of all time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real proud of that. On this album, you have some really cool features. Uh, Anjali, which is great, because I, I hadn't heard from her in a while. And yeah. So it was great to have her back. And then also Tory Lanez on the on the mm. first single, Cold Love. And then a bunch of peeps, including your Trailer Park Boy. Yeah, a bunch of Supernova Scotians. Yeah. yeah. So how did you go about choosing your features? All different. Like the Supernova Scotian one was, I, I just had an idea for that song because okay. I had a line before, I'm not a Supernova, I'm a Supernova Scotia and I made a beat out of it. And I was like, let me go get like the guys who I think are the top and not even just the top in Nova Scotia. Like Pat's Day it, to me is 
if not the best battle rapper in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you follow battle rap. I've seen it. Okay. I know what it is. Big thing, you know what I mean? Like, but he's from 20 minutes away. He's Eminem's favorite battler. He's Royce Five Nines. Uh, Scratch Bastard, who's arguably one of the biggest DJs in the world. Mm -hmm. He's from Bedford, 20 minutes down the road. Like, these are all guys in my back neighborhood who excel at what they do. So... Mm -hmm just made sense of like and they're friends so it was like okay. hey come out to Enfield we spent two days in the studio Bubbles came out Quake Tyrone and we all just had a good time and made the song that's awesome yeah. now talk to us about Powerless because that is a song that I think might not have been expected from you mm. but it's amazing and you're getting tons of support from it so explain what the song is about and, and, and the feedback you're getting uh, the song is about child abuse and missing indigenous it's about people feeling powerless okay. you know what I mean people who are in a position where you know, they're not that they're getting taken advantage of, but they feel like they, you know, their kind of hands are tied and they don't know what to do because the way this society is kind of set up these things. So it was kind of me addressing these issues and trying to bring light to them and just trying to continue the conversation. Now, when you are crafting a song like that, like, are you kind of like in a different space than you would be obviously to create an inner ninja or is it like, yeah, I'm okay. alone. Okay. No, I don't want to be around nobody. Okay. I want to be very comfortable with myself and just write this record this the only other person probably my brother mike he, okay. he'll come in and i'll kind of show him pieces but now like stuff like that it's like very personal very quiet mm-hmm. i don't want people around me we're in ninjas like me and dave are there mike's there okay mark another guy who played on just it's kind of more of a group fun thing let's have fun mm-hmm. with it are you feeling because now we're older than we were the last time i had no, you we're, getting younger. we're getting younger do you feel more like in yourself like comfortable with yourself like definitely. Uh, yeah okay definitely like and i think that's just something that comes every time we do an interview every time a couple of years mm-hmm. you know when I was 20 and I'd do an interview like this I'd be way more nervous I'd be trying to say the right thing now it's you know I, I think you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about we're just more comfortable with ourselves. it's like whatever comes out it comes out and mm-hmm. go from there what is still making you get up out of the bed in the morning like what do you want to accomplish in the coming I gotta take my kids to school okay and then I go back to bed <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know right now like my big thing was finishing this album okay. being excited to get this out shoot the videos we've been shooting videos for every song I've been shooting them with my brother now so it's kind of that's been a new fun thing for yeah. us too is doing the video side of it but when I get home I have nothing to do <laughs> Which, like, we were talking about on the bus, which never happens. Like, usually there's a project I got to get back and finish yeah. or an artist I'm working with. But right now, I'm kind of like, I love it that I'm going home and I'm just going to chill for a week, do nothing, and then go, what should I do for the next six months? You know, obviously, it's still going to be promoting yeah. the album. But yeah. the day-to-day in the studio, mm-hmm. I got nothing going on right now. So I love it. Do you it. still view yourself, too? Because you're not only classified the artist, you are Luke the businessman. Yeah. Is it hard to do both? Because I know sometimes I'm just like, oh, can I just be the artist? Yeah, no, it is, but... No one's going to care about my shit more than me. Right. And I really realize that. Like, I have a manager who looks after my stuff. He's awesome. Been my manager for 10 years. But he manages five other acts. He manages yeah. Glorious Sons, who is blowing up around the world right mm-hmm. now. He's a busy man, too. So I, I know i got to watch my own stuff as well. And, mm-hmm. and, and you learn. Like, that's how you learn how to handle your own business and stay on top of your stuff. So sometimes it can be annoying, but sometimes I do enjoy it because you kind of get to see that other side of it and what's going on behind the scenes. Are you, do you have a bunch of things that you're going to do in the new year with producing maybe for other artists? Because like, I know you like doing that. Do you think you're going to do Yeah, 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 yeah. Always okay. producing stuff. But okay. That's what I mean. I don't know what yet, which I like. You know what I mean? It's maybe I'll show open. up and play the there harmonica. There you go. Let's see what she's... <laughs> Wide open right now. <laughs> uh, okay, before I let you go, I'm going to make you work a little bit. Okay. Um, when you are alone in the car and you're driving down the street, what song or artist always makes you turn it up and sing along? Chance the Rapper. Oh, I like that. Okay. You've collaborated with a lot of artists, as we talked about earlier. Who is still on your bucket list? 
still a lot of people yeah. like just that whole 90s rap the Nas's, the jay-z's yeah. the dre's the m&m's oh please Red do Man. something with q-tip can we put that Q-tip? out there i hit him up i'm not even lying you oh, check yeah? my twitter he follows me on twitter so tell I him i'm him trying up. to get him on the show okay when okay, he answers I you back <laughs> i love q-tip <laughs> love awesome. to do stuff but like that world you know that's okay. kind of what i came in so yeah, yeah, almost yeah. more not like business like oh this would be great for business yeah. but as a fan and just yeah. a, a guy who loves hip-hop that's kind of the stuff i so i think you should also do a track with um like crystal waters or cc peniston that'd be cc peniston yeah get some like 90s okay, house music okay you okay could... yeah what was the song finally that was it that's finally the one. that's it that's it uh and uh, lastly if you could have a university degree in any subject what would it be and why mm. like i would have a law degree just because i watch too much law and order you know what i mean like i would just <laughs> want to have that um sociology okay you want to pick people's brain yeah okay i kind of already do i feel a little bit but yeah Something like that. That's awesome. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Classified hanging out on The Kelly Alexander Show. The Kelly Alexander Show. Very happy to have you along for the ride on the show. And don't forget that you can follow us on our social media by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. And joining us now, our music editor, Sharon Highland. And this week, Sharon, we are discussing the 13th annual Billboard Women in Music event, which is happening in New York City. Loving it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so first of all, lots to talk about with regards to the event itself, but I wanted to get your take on the event in its idea. Uh, do you think it's an essential thing to happen in the music industry to honor women? I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's important to honor, um, honor the good work. Um, and you're saying 13th, <laughs> they've taken it upon themselves to do it 13 times. I think, now more than ever, it's important. Like, um, it, it might come off for those that are new to the, this particular show that, you know, that they're doing it to be timely, but it just happens to be timely knowing that they've done it as many times as they have. But yes, do I think it's important? Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge, uh, uh, the people who do good work. And in this case, it's women. So yes. So this year, uh, 25-year-old Ariana Grande is being given potentially the biggest award, depending on how you look at things. Uh, She's being named Billboard's 2018 Woman of the Year. Uh, She's had incredible highs and lows, I would say, over the last, well, we'll say almost two years, I guess. Uh, First Mm -hmm. of all, things went nutty for her, um, more than nutty, with the bombing attack at her concert back in 2017. And then a couple of weeks later, she and her team put on that One Love Manchester concert, which was very successful, um, you know, brought in a lot of money for the uh, the victims and their families. And then mm-hmm. this past year, uh, there's been the death of her former boyfriend, Mac Miller. Then that whirlwind romance with Pete Davidson. Then the breakup of that romance, the successful release <laughs> of her album, Sweetener. And now, just this past week, uh, she has crushed both YouTube and Vivo Records with the video to her new song, Thank You Next, which um, I believe in a 24-hour period had over 47 million hits on. On it so she's doing good that's nuts those are nuts so numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so what do you think of 25 year old ariana getting woman of the year um you know it's a whole credit where credit is due kind of thing and and uh she's displayed herself as uh, a, a woman of character a person of character of conviction of uh of gratitude and concern for others these are qualities you really hope to find in uh, more people and uh, if at 25 she's already, you know, scratching the surface on uh, being the best version of herself, then more power to her. Um, one of the dudes at the, uh, well, actually, we'll call him Ross Scarano, who is Billboard's VP of content. So I guess he's one of their bigwigs. Uh, he says that she consistently stands up for herself and her decisions in a world that often isn't hospitable uh, to that sort of strength in young women. 
That's putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Often isn't hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and, and that she knows how to conduct herself um, or manages to keep herself grounded uh, and, and allow herself to make mistakes, whether they be uh, personal or professional, though I haven't seen her make a professional mistake yet. Um, the personal ones seem to, to be the ones that, that uh, prying eyes want to uh want to focus on the most so the fact that she's had this uh all these you know roller coastery emotional things going on in her personal life and still able to to focus on getting through them and you know satisfying her fans at the same time i think uh, is to be commended clearly billboard feels the same way (laughs) did you have a chance to watch the video for thank you next where she she had a a take on four different movies uh, that meant something to her in her life including mean girls and and did a spoof on it did you watch the video do you know what i am happy to say that if that many people watched it i myself am a trailblazer for not having seen it yet (laughs) (laughs) that's all good but i I hope you watch it uh, I will eventually herd myself in with the rest of the sheep and watch it. Um, but, you know, there's no doubt that she's tapping right into, uh, into um, the eyes of people that are, uh, that are watching mm-hmm. and, and, you know, waiting for her to do something cool because they clearly don't ever have to wait that long. Yeah. And what's cool also about the video is uh, directed by a female um, I believe her name is Hannah. So good job. So wanted to uh, to talk to you next about Janelle Monet. She is receiving the Trailblazer Award at this Billboard of uh, or Billboard Women in Music event. Um, so she is. Uh, they sort of say about this particular Trailblazer Award that it's given to a female artist who acts as a music industry pioneer by using her platform to spotlight unheard voices and break ground for future generations of performers. So your thoughts on Janelle Monet and what she brings to the table. Well, I think that uh, it's in that description alone, as a pioneer um, uh, using her platform, it really boils down to uh, using her powers for good. And how can you, you know, want for anything more than that from a person, let alone um, someone who's sharing their art as a means of uh, um, uh, a career for oneself? You know what I mean? Like she's able to be unique and expressive and still be interesting to others it's 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 a fine line of being able to because art is such a is such a subjective uh exploit export all that stuff that uh that she that she's able to uh maybe not be you know she may not be loved by everyone not everyone is loved by everyone but she's you know raising an eyebrow here and there (laughs) times many millions my point is that uh she's able to take her art and do what she sees needs to be done with it. And, and it's caught people's attention. She reminds me in many regards of like a Prince who, by the way, Prince was uh, a big fan of hers. And then also Mm -hmm. in the same vein, sort of like an Erica Badu, like I just love her. And she's also a fantastic actress, like in hidden figures, she was fantastic. Well, exactly. I think what I, I, as I stumbled through my uh, explanation, I think what I'm trying to get at is she's uncompromising. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, she's doing she's doing her thing and that thing happens to be great. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to just give a shout out cuz you and I had sort of talked um 
a little, I think you and I talked about this off air, but recently, uh, and we did talk about it on our other podcast, 90s Now, about Kim Porter, Diddy's ex who passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it became known during that whole situation of her passing. First of all, how many people had such great things to say about Kim Porter. And then Janelle Monet was one of them saying that if it wasn't for Kim, um, she's not sure she'd be where she is because Kim connected some dots for her uh, in Atlanta. And so I just love that she was able to a do that for Janelle and then Janelle making sure that the world knew that she helped get her where she is. And you know what? I think that people don't help people for nothing. Meaning, uh, not that Kim Porter wasn't selfless. I think that when you spot something that's, that's worth nurturing, then you want to jump ahead of that line and make sure that you're on the help side, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that it, I think it speaks uh, volumes that she too, a long time ago, saw exactly what Billboard is seeing now as, as uh, uh, Janelle Monae, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more than ready. Right. <laughs> and, and more than uh, able to receive uh, an accolade such as Trailblazer. That's, uh, at, you know, because she's not old and because I, I think of not that Cindy Lauper is old but she's the other big name that's winning an award at uh from billboard as an icon uh I, I find the list of names sort of one feeds off the other so um it makes complete sense so to think that Cindy Lauper at some point had they done these awards longer than 13 years ago she would definitely have received a trailblazer award in oh, my opinion sure. so it's it's neat that she's there on a night that Janelle Monet is getting it too yeah, and uh, I want to bring up Cindy in just a sec, but I did want to get to one sort of younger artist before we get there, and that is uh, Haley Kiyoko. Have you heard of her before? Not enough to say that I'm uh, a diehard fan, but yes, I have heard of her. Okay, so she is uh, being honored with the Rising Star Award as an up-and-coming artist whose cultural impact and exceptional talent has demonstrated a clear path to success. That's what uh, Billboard is saying. And uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that just rolled off your tongue. Is just, that your quote? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine. I wish I was that eloquent. But uh, what I love about <laughs> Haley, because I hadn't really known about her either, except within the last year, I've, I've known that she existed. And um, I would say that she is one of the first artists in the world of pop um, especially on the female side, to be very out front with the fact that she is gay and uh, she makes sure that her music videos and lyrics reflect that. And I know that initially she was uncomfortable with um, letting people know about her sexuality because I think she thought that it was going to hold her career back. And I think it's great that um, she, you know, sort of got inspired to, to change the narrative and, and just be open and, and out front with it. And then I think this is going to help change the narrative down the line. So, um, like especially in the in the pop music world and what's your thoughts on that because i know pop sharon is very much about trends and being trendy and all that kind of stuff and a lot of people don't break the mold but Haley is well it's interesting that you say that that there she's not a trailblazer because she's not the first openly out performer um but it's important i think this would be under that category that we discussed at the when we started chatting that it's important that she's doing what she's doing so that she's being considered a rising star, that her confidence is where it should be. And, and that she's grown into it somewhat, because like you just said, she wasn't hundred percent confident uh, pursuing it in that way. You know, there's risks involved, things like that. But then when you think of our last conversation about Sean Mendez and the, the, well, not opposite effect, but kind of the opposite effect of where his head's at um, and, and pursuing his, uh, not homosexuality. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, 
Yeah, I think that I, I can't help but think of your first question as as to uh, whether these awards should uh, are should be or need they be on because clearly they should be if if this category of uh, rising star is also in fact a trailblazer on in some regard. So let's talk about your girl, Cindy Lauper. She's going to receive this year's Icon Award, which is given to a female artist of extraordinary accomplishment who has made historic contributions to the industry and artistry. Again, not my quotes, but from Billboard itself. Um, so, I, you know, I know you've been a longtime fan of, of Cindy, Miss um, Lauper, if you will. What do you think that she has brought to the table over the years? Is she overdue for this award? Mm, no, I don't think that she's overdue because she remains uh, iconic. I think that I think if anything, people are given the Icon Award too soon. You know? Yep. I agree. Um, because there's a difference between an icon and an idol. Icons have a lasting nature to them, and clearly, you know, pushing the 40-year mark for a career that uh, that you know, when you go back to her beginnings in the eighties and the songs that were coming out of her then are, are lasting their quality. So yeah, I think that it probably comes at a right time um, for her to get the award. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, that alone. Yeah. Like she has eight top 10 hits, you know, in the uh, top, in the, uh, the hot 100 chart. And then not only a Grammy or Grammys, I should say, I'm sure there's more of them. Uh, Tony Emmy award winner. The only thing she's missing, I think is an Oscar. So then she'd be an EGOT winner. So that should maybe be around the corner. And then she also does, um, a lot with regards to humanitarian stuff and the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So she's like totally on the, exactly. on the ball. What's your favorite thing about Cindy Lauper? Cindy Lauper is my favorite thing about Cindy Lauper. Okay, that's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> Every everything that she that she does has done and continues to do. I think just her uh, her perspective and growth as a human um, in in a world that uh, changes at the drop of a dime. I think if, like I said, if these awards were issued back when uh, when she was up and coming, she might have been given the Trailblazer Award. She might have been given the Rising Star Award. She might have been given the, uh, what's the other one? The um, Trailblazer, Rising uh, Star. Um, there's another one, though. There's the uh, the SZA the getting the oh, Rule Breaker. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Innovator, Casey Musgraves getting the Innovator Award. So I think Cindy Lauper uh, houses all of these qualities in a career that uh, that clearly sings for itself. Sharon, you're a poet. Kelly, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you for this. And I guess just final last question. Um, if you were on the committee, is there someone this year that is a female artist that you would have given something to? Like, is there someone that sticks out for you overall this year? I know Lady Gaga is obviously having an amazing year. Is there someone that you, you mm-hmm. could think of that, that you would put on, on this category or in, or in these awards at some, some, some stage? I'll always put uh, pink in any of those categories because of uh, how hard she works and how honest she is and how for fear of using a cliche term, she just seems so normal. Right. You know, and, and social media wise, her and her husband and their, their kids, they've made decisions on sharing elements of their lives with their fans. Um, And, and as a result, I think lines are drawn and people respect not to cross certain things. I just think the she's she's conducting herself in a way that uh, is consistent with where she is in her life, and I appreciate that kind of honesty in people. And I think that you know all the names that we've talked about today that are getting the awards uh, from Billboard. I think that um, that they all are deserving because of the nature of the award. Perfect, Sharon. I appreciate you.
Kelly, I appreciate you. (laughs) That is our music editor, Sharon Hyland. And you can listen to both Sharon and I as we co-host our uh, 90s podcast together called 90s Now. And of course, you can grab all of our social media handles and all the good stuff, including the show itself, by jumping onto our website, 90snow.com. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. You're hearing one of Canada's brightest young artists, the Juno Award-winning and Grammy Award-winning Alessia Cara. She is back with her sophomore album called The Pains of Growing. Now, the CD has 15 songs, all written by Alessia, including the already gold-selling single Growing Pains. Now, the song you're hearing is called Comfortable. I think it is fantastic, a breath of fresh air. Why can't we be friends when we are lovers? English band The 1975 are back with their third album called A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Quite the title, I know. Now, they've been very busy not only working on this album, but they plan to drop a new album as well in early 2019 called Notes on a Conditional Form. Now, the song you hear is called Sincerity is Scary. I love it. It's got this neo-jazz sound to it, down-tempo, but definitely very catchy. They've got some tour dates coming up right away in the new year with some gigs in Ireland and England. East is a Toronto-based electro-jazz duo that is all about the groove. Rob and Tony have created a signature sound that combines electronic production with live instrumentation, and on this new EP called Four on the Floor, they have collaborated on the track you're hearing with legendary dance diva C.C. Peniston, and it's already getting tons of positive buzz. Now, Rob and Tony are going to be joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show to talk about their new release in the next couple of weeks. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. As always, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. We would love for you to subscribe to the show. We are on major podcast platforms like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and Google Play. And we would love if you would tell your family and friends all about us. Now it's time to take a listen to our recent conversation with Montreal-based photographer Christina Esteban talking about her portrait campaign called Her Story. She's also got tips on how to choose the right wedding photographer and some solid advice on how to get into photography if this is something you'd like to do as a career choice. The Kelly Alexander Show. Christina Esteban, hello, my sweet. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you uh, you back on the show. Um, it's been a while, though. It's been like, I want to say four or five years since I've had you on. It's been a while. It's been definitely. a while. So we need to remind some people, why did you become a photographer in the first place? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I started photography about 12, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and I was working a corporate job. I was on a film, an MTV film, back in Winnipeg. And I was really uncomfortable in front of the camera, like now. <laughs> and you then, never know. And then I really liked being behind the camera. So I was really in love with the director of photography and, and how he was mer- working his magic with, um, with people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I decided I wanted to, to do this. So I went into photography, I'd say 2002 officially. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how long did you have to study or did you learn on your own? I studied at Dawson for a couple of years. Yeah. And then while I was in University of Winnipeg, I was taking these these courses in photography just for fun. Mm-hmm. So I always had sort of a love for it. And then when, when I was in university, I was working at a studio to make extra money. So I was always shooting. The universe yeah. was speaking to you. I guess. <laughs> I it so. only occurred to me later in life, but yeah. And so how did you end up in Montreal, by the way? Um, I came from Winnipeg. I was studying uh, business administration. I had graduated um, 
back in the day and then I wanted to take this French course here in Montreal at Université de Montréal mm -hmm. and it was like a five-week program and I fell in love with the city and then basically never looked back. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Now talk to us about um, the things that you shoot. I know you do a lot of weddings which we're going to talk yeah. about a bit but are there other things that is sort of like your pleasure that you don't really tell everybody about that you like shooting? Well, lately I've been doing this project. Uh, it's called Her Story. Mm -hmm. So I call it hashtag Her Story. And I started it in Winnipeg where I was photographing women of from every age group, whether they were seniors or young people and mothers, people who were working in the community. Some people had never had their photo taken in you know 60 years, something like wow. this. So it was a really interesting project. And then I asked them questions about uh, what would they want to be remembered for today, right now? Wow. And I think that really opened up some, some thought and, uh, and brought people together. So they invited their mothers and, and I did that in March. And I just started again here in Montreal just a couple weeks ago. So. And how do you go about choosing the subjects then for that? Oh, well, in Winnipeg, I, I reached out to just some friends of mine that were outside of my own industry. It's more challenging for me here in Montreal because I know so many people. So I'm able to reach out to my immediate network, mm -hmm. but I want to be able to extend the hand outside of my network. And I, can't, I guess that's like going outside of your comfort zone, which is what I think everybody should be doing. Mm -hmm. So in Winnipeg, I don't know as many people and I was able to find uh, mothers and referrals and people would say, oh, you should really get to know this lady or this person. And, um, and that's what happened. Okay. So, that's yeah. really cool. Now, uh, with regards to the project itself, what are you learning from it? Because obviously when you're in it, I think things come to you and then in hindsight you can kind of look back and go, wow. I love that question because when, I'm look, when I look back at it, I feel as though I'm giving people the opportunity to feel good in their own skin in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I find that most people are very uncomfortable in front of the camera and tell me that all the time and it's like an excuse. And so we're always making excuses for happiness. So mm -hmm. whether it's uh, I have to lo lose this much weight or I have to, if I could just graduate from this particular program or if I'm going to get this job, then I'll be happy, then I'll be happy. But we can't find the reason to just be happy within what we're living in that moment right now. So, wow. so that's what I've learned is like just forcing people to get in front and accept themselves for who they are right now mm -hmm. has been the biggest give back for me. And it's also made people like, hey, I like that process and I want to do this again, you know? Talk to us about some yeah. of the feedback that you've probably been getting from some of these ladies. Cause like you said, some of them haven't been photographed in decades. Yeah. And so that must've been almost like a wake up call for them and yeah. self-exploration, I think in a way too, yeah, right? Definitely. So I think it was because often the mothers, the women that I am photographing, it is women, uh, they are often the ones behind the camera taking pictures of the family mm -hmm. and uh, have, you always see the kids and you're not seeing the mother behind. So, so I find that they've been really grateful and wow, I haven't seen myself on camera in so long and I just, I can't believe I haven't done this and I should really do this more often. That, that's really the feedback I'm getting and thanking me mm -hmm. for giving them the chance to do it. And I thought, well, you have it every day, just yeah. do it, you know? Now about Montreal, uh, are you going to do several of these here or are you going to even go to like maybe Toronto or Halifax? Like what, do you have any extended yeah. plans? My extended plan is to next go to Toronto. I've already photographed about, oh gosh, 38 women here in Montreal and there's still a few more. There's a lot more women that I need to photograph. Obviously mm -hmm. there are 
thousands of women in the city and I can't do everybody, but I'd like to be able to photograph another handful here in, in the city that I live in mm -hmm. and then extend it further to Toronto. So that's my okay. next step. That's yeah. cool. Talk to us too, because uh, you were mentioning like mothers and daughters. Do you find that they are learning more about each other? Like the moms are learning maybe a bit more about their daughters and even vice versa, I think. Like daughters learning maybe what their moms went through in whatever things they've had in their life. Well, I think some people have reached out to me just to say this really empowered me and made made me feel as in the subject telling me, thank you for doing this. We had a really great week after that and it was really encouraging and it's something, it's a talking piece for their family and a talking mm -hmm. piece, not about everybody else, but for themselves. So I think that's what it just keeps coming back to accept yourself, remember you as well and you're, you're important today mm -hmm. and, and just to remind them of that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about um, pictures in general or photos or however you want to say it because I know like for me music is so important to yeah. what I do in life and, and, and just in general like it's a part of me. I can't imagine going through a day without having music. Um, what do photography or what do pictures do for you? Like is, is it like a drug? Like for me being behind the microphone is like a drug for me. Like I yeah. need to be on the, on the microphone. I think I always need to be shooting. I okay. really enjoy taking portraits. So I do a lot of different things. So this Her Story project um, is introducing the fact that I really love taking portraits. Mm -hmm. I am a wedding photographer and I've been doing weddings for 12 years. Uh, I love doing events. And so I'm always behind the camera, but I love doing portraits. There's a different feeling behind it for some for some reason for mm -hmm. me it's just giving back to people uh, but I need it every day in some okay. form so whether it's printing now I'm into printing mm -hmm. these portraits which I just put up on my walls yesterday and I'm printing like 30 by 40 big and that I love that so okay. there's always a way to introduce it I created a magazine I have a couple of magazines that I put all my work in I love it that's so it's good. endless is there any part of your job you don't like uh, any problem. Is it the business part of it? Because you also are a business lady. Yeah. Like you're not just artist. No, I, I really love what I do. I really, really do. I think that everybody wants their photos yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? right. So, so that's a challenge to mm -hmm. get the photos, deliver them as soon as I can. But I, I try to do it quickly and then be sensitive also to choosing the photos for, for everybody. The selection is really important. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I have to be very sensitive to make sure that I, I am choosing well for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What tips would you want to give to um, people who are trying to pick a wedding photographer? Because I'm yeah. sure there's people that are just, you know, they don't do this and it's overwhelming. They're like, I got to make sure the photos aren't messed up. So what should they be on the lookout oh, for? Uh, experience, number mm -hmm. one, referral. Okay. A hundred percent. And also you have to meet the photographer. So you really want to make sure you're comfy with that person who will be in front of you all day. Mm -hmm. And you also want to make sure that that person's assertive, but kind and, you know, being able to run the show for the day mm -hmm. and be calm, a calm presence because it's chaos. Oh yeah. You know, wedding is chaos. So you just want to be that person who can just control a situation, be very Zen and comfortable in their own skin and deliver beautiful work right it's a big it's a lot of combinations that's a lot going on um do you enjoy photo or doing photography for weddings or engagement photos more because i almost find engagement photos are more relaxed obviously yeah. is that is that true they they for sure are more relaxed on a wedding day it's such a schedule you know you have got to get ready hair makeup uh 
posing for all the bridal party. Mm -hmm. You've got family members that sometimes you don't want family members together. And it's kind of an uncomfortable time. Sometimes you've got people who you would never invite in a room mm -hmm. ever outside of your <laughs> wedding day. You know, it's, it's a little true. true. It's strange, but true. And so it's, it's a strange combination. It's stressful. And you're marrying the person that you want to be with for the mm -hmm. rest of your days. So you've got all of this like excitement and scary and nerves, etc. Mm -hmm. And then the engagement session is a great chance to like test out hair and makeup. Let's do some wardrobe. You go for like a date night after. It's a little more chill, a okay. more relaxed. That's awesome. That's so cool. And uh, when you are in the zone of doing like that wedding day, where, where do you have to be in your head? Because you've got yeah. like 20 things probably going on, right? About what you need to do and how you need to do it. And everybody feels they know the same. So <laughs> <laughs> they're telling me how to do it. And so what I do is I wear invisible earplugs and okay. I see. Okay. And then I just, I just see and I do and I smile and, uh, and I know what I got to do to get the time done. But the engagement session, to go back to what you're saying, yeah. is that's the bonus because you've already done it. So there's trust in the couple and how you worked with them. Mm -hmm. They already know how to pose and what the day will kind of be like based okay. on your energy. Mm -hmm. So there's some trust. And then the family members see them and they'll say, I saw those photos were really amazing. And then there's, there's trust. If you haven't had the engagement session, mm -hmm. I find it's like, well, who's this person? Is she going to get it? And there's a lot of like tapping the shoulder. Did you get the shot? Jeez. Ah, I did. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a tradition I know that's been going on for eons is that uh, the bride and groom or the partners don't see each other yeah. before the actual ceremony. But I know in later years, it's been like, get all the pictures done before the wedding or a bunch of them done, right? right. What do you suggest? Especially because I know like some people, it's so exciting just to see their person walk down the aisle to them yeah. or whatever. Is there a better way or like? I think that, oh my gosh, there's, there's no better way. I think it really depends on, first of all, there's certain religious traditions. There's some traditions that you would want to hold off and wait until down the aisle. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some traditions where you just basically there's no time because there's so many family photos and there's so many portraits and the sun sets at three yeah. so <laughs> it's true <laughs> i got married at midnight three at this time of year you know yeah, so yeah. sometimes you may want to see each other beforehand okay. and and get those photos done a little bit earlier in the day but that's okay. up to you i like the earlier in the day because you spent so much money on your outfit yeah and you're only going to see each other at, i don't know later four in the afternoon so mm -hmm. it's like nice to have a little more in the day and then you can enjoy your guests in the evening instead of post stuff like up to that point you know don't forget by the way that you can reach out to uh, christina and check out our website cepstudio.com i did want to ask as well um because you mentioned that you really enjoy doing portraits yes do you like doing portraits of like just like a single figure or do you like family portraits do you like baby portraits like i am not a baby photographer okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's so cute though when my, my families call me and say, can you please do pictures of my kid? And then I'll just say, sure, if you want the baby on the floor, I don't know what to do with the baby. <laughs> so you're not going to wrap them up in a leaf? No. Like other people do? No, but some do that very well. <laughs> but that's not me. Okay. So I can do, I can do, um, like, fa like definitely family portraits. One mm -hmm. of the photos that's on my Instagram right now, it was so cute. They were holding the baby. The baby's just a few weeks old and just peed all over my floor. <laughs> okay yeah, you know so like pee and throw up and stuff <laughs> isn't quite for me but i do like doing photographs of maternity okay, and i great. like couple portraits okay. i like um i like alone portraits self mm -hmm. oh, i did a self portrait of myself as well i like portraits so okay. 
Yeah. That's Less so cool. of baby, more family. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, when it comes to where you see yourself in the future, like what other objectives does Christina Esteban have to accomplish? Like, I want to do, I love to do gallery work. So okay. that's the next thing on my, my list in the next five year plan. I keep talking about uh, potentially figuring, figuring out some multimedia, working with my portraiture and mm -hmm. that's coming. So, okay, cool. yeah, I want to do that. And with regards to her story, do you think that's going to expand? Like, will it be like a yearly thing, do you think? Or? Well, I'm hoping that's part of it. I'd like to be able to try to attack uh, Canada. Okay, great. Like go to each province. Okay. But it's not something I can do swiftly because I've mm -hmm. got so many other events happening all the time. But yeah. in my downtime between January, um, February-ish is sort of the times when I could probably go away for a day and, okay. and photograph 30, 40 women from each place. That's awesome. Yeah. And then maybe in the future, put together either a book of these ladies mm -hmm. um, or maybe a gallery. Okay, cool. So, and if people want to sort of watch or be a part of what you're doing yes. with regards to her story, how do you want them to reach out to you or just even be able to see it? Yes. So I have, it's called uh, SEP Studio Portraits. You can go on to that web website, Christina Esteban Portraits, sorry. Okay. And it's SEP Studio, CEP Studio is my, is my website. Okay. You can also find it all on CEP Studio and then there's a link there okay. under portraits. And are you a big Instagrammer? We do Instagram, okay. yeah, CEP Studio, mm -hmm. again. Okay, <laughs> very good to find her out. And I just wanted to end on this, um, because I know I have advice sometimes for people that are coming up behind me, and I feel it important to pay it forward as you know, fellow announcers and all that sort of stuff. What would you say to someone who's really interested in a career in photography? Because I think it's, there's a lot more grit and grime to it than just the glamour that people think, oh, they're a photographer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, so what would you say to someone who wants to do what you do? There's so much to learn online, um, but there's, if you want to become a photographer in business, business is so important. So you would probably need a business coach if you don't already have that. And it's good for, for anything, but particularly in photography, there's so many of us out there mm -hmm. and there's a huge, there's a lot of competition. So my best advice would be to go and get a coach in business and the photography side, you can learn anything on YouTube. Okay. You could be mentored by a photographer, you know? Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, I always appreciate spending time with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. So Christina Esteban, make sure you check her out again on her website, ChristinaEstebanPortraits.com, uh, and then of course the website for the, uh, the business, CEPstudio.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Well, that wraps up the show for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. We always appreciate it. A big thank you as well going out to our guests, Classified and Christina Esteban. Also, thank you to our producer, Adam Brisson, for keeping everything on the rails. Don't forget that you can subscribe to our our show on major podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I'll chat soon.